We're going through chapter six of the book Child Guidance today and we're excited as we go through some quotes again that will help our children turn out to be the kind of children that you want and everybody else wants. Stay with us. I'm Paul and this is my wife Carolyn. We're from The Home Place and we are continuing our journey through mm -hmm. the book Child Guidance. And as we said in the intro there, we're going through section six. What chapters do we have there, wifey? We have chapter 20 on helpfulness, 21, industry, 22, diligence and perse perseverance, 23, self-denial, unselfishness and thoughtfulness, and 24, economy and thrift. That's quite a lineup. Could take us a long time. So we're going to be super snappy going through this yeah, today. Yeah, and I think we only have nine today rather than 10 because I, I was worried for the time. We're trying to keep this under 30 minutes. <laughs> Alrighty, so let's dive in. I'll read number one, building the foundation. I mean, when you build a house, You've got to make sure the foundation's good. You could build mm -hmm. a mansion on top, but if the foundation's good, it's all going to fall down at some point. If it isn't good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what a lesson that is in child training mm -hmm. or child rearing. Children should be taught how to perform the practical duties of everyday life. While they are still young, the mother should give them some simple task to do each day it will take longer for her to teach them how than it would to do it herself, but let her remember that she is building the foundation of helpfulness. Amen. This is, this is something that when you're in the thick of a three and a five-year-old or a two and a one-year-old, it's like, I haven't got time to teach them how to do stuff. I've got to, well, you wouldn't be teaching a one-year-old, I guess, but you know what I mean. When you've got little children, you're in the midst of it. You don't feel like you've got time. But if you don't invest in teaching them, you will never get the help you need right. and you'll burn out and, and, and they won't get what they and need. And you actually, in reality, don't have time not to teach them. Yeah. We really need to. I can still remember we have pictures of Hannah when she was not even walking. She was about a year old and she was scooting around. She wasn't crawling. She was a scooter. <laughs> and I gave her a little, little dust rag. And she would go along course, all she could reach scooting were the legs, the chair legs, and the table legs, which don't need dusting when they're this direction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she would, she had it in her hand and I would sing as I did my dusting and she'd be going, la, la, la. And she was, I and I was trying that. to give her, this is a fun thing to do. And of course, as they got older, you know, then she was walking and, you know, helping her to learn how to fill the dishwasher, the, the bottom rack, yes. you know. And it, it, it was a lot of fun. And you know something? When we give those things to our children to do, we can be scared and think, oh no, they're gonna get a hold of something. But when we do that, you will engage your children's interest and desire. If you wait till they're ready, You've, you've missed the boat. Wait till they think they're ready right. mentally. Yeah. Right. Can I help you, Mom? Then they're feeling like this is slave labor. I shouldn't have to be doing right. this. Well, we have seen in our ministry, as we've said in other programs, we have been involved in family ministry for 20 years. And so we've, we've raised our own kids and we've seen and grown up with other people raising theirs. We've also had the kind of unique position of people coming to us saying, what do we do about this? And what do we do about that? And right. we tried this and this didn't work. And so we've gained those experiences over the years. And I know that families, if they don't start early to engage their children in being helpful, 
then it's like, oh, they're eight, I can't do it now. Or they're 10, I can't right. do it now. Oh, they're teenagers and they don't do anything. Well, when they're little, this it's almost like it's part of their privilege. Yes. But when they get older, it's like, oh, this is not something I should have to do. I don't want to miss that. It will take longer for her to teach them how. Yes. It will. <laughs> There's no trying to me, me say, oh no, it won't, it will. And when you're teaching your children how to make bread and they've got the flour everywhere and the dough in their hair, and it's <laughs> okay. What you're really teaching them isn't how to make bread and that next week they can do it on their own and they're three. What you're teaching them is a joy of doing this kind of stuff. So when they get to be older and now they're 13 and you say, hey, could you make the bread today? They can go off and make the bread yeah. and it's, and it's and, not and a that, problem. That theme is going to carry on mm -hmm. through all of these yeah, quotes. Yeah. Um, okay, let's let's do the next one, wifey. Educate them to habits of industry. Make the life of your children pleasant and at the same time teach them to be obedient and helpful, bearing small burdens as you bear larger ones. Educate them to habits of industry so that the enemy will not make a workshop of their minds. I thought, wow, that's interesting. A workshop, I'm visual. I was just visualizing the workshop of their minds. Give them something that occupies them, something that doesn't make them feel like they're useless, yeah. that they're and useful. I, I looked up the word industry. Uh -huh. All I did was pick up my phone and say, hey, Google, what's the, <laughs> what's the definition of industry? And it came up with, you know, manufacturing <laughs> plants, that kind of thing but the second definition was just two words hard work and I thought yeah I mean this was written a long time ago so some of the verbiage has changed but educate them in habits of hard work and right. then if the children are working hard they're always busy they're always doing something the enemy cannot make a workshop of their minds and what is the enemy doing today making a workshop of kids' minds oh, is yeah. just filling them with yeah. social media, filling them with computer games, yeah. filling them with nonsense. Game boys and all that uh, and so crazy we, stuff. We've got to fill our kids' life up with, as it said in the quote, pleasant work. Right. Um, now some kids are going to say, oh, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. Well, with more quotes along that Right. And, and the thing is, it says, make the life of your children pleasant. So we're not turning this into a, you've got to do this and this and this and this and this. And their whole life is soaked up by work. We're not doing that. But making it pleasant means teaching them to be helpful. So when your three-year-old's helping you make the bread and they you know, and it's a disastrous mess, you thank them. Thank you so much for helping mommy. The, it, we, we didn't get the quote, but it, one of the quotes in this section that we're, we're going through this week, it talked about, you know, if things get broken, you know, it, it's okay. We're still, we're in right. the training process. It's scary for us as moms. I would say to my children, you know, when you've both flown the nest, and of course we haven't done this, but when you've both flown the nest, we're going to have to rebuy all the kitchen equipment. <laughs> and, but and we didn't. That was just didn't. our psyche at the time. And I can still remember the first time letting Hannah have at it with the Vitamix. It was scary. And moms, if you're anything like me, the only way probably that you're going to achieve this is you teach them well you demonstrate it and you get out of the way and let them do it otherwise no 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 don't do it this way don't do it that way I was good at that I learned yeah. <laughs> the hard way okay let's move on mm -hmm. to number three one of the surest safeguards for the young is useful occupation mm -hmm. 
children who are trained to industrious habits so that all their hours are usefully and pleasantly employed, have no inclination to repine at their lot, and no time for idle daydreaming, they are in little danger of forming vicious habits or associates. Again, this is useful occupation. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to give them pleasant, useful occupation. It also talked about filling up all of their time. It's not it's mm -hmm. not negating other quotes where they can't have some playtime, but if we just give them loads of playtime and a little bit of work time, then that's not, it's well, got to be much more work time than playtime. Right. Time. Well, early on we found out for our children if we said, "Okay, you're going to help mommy load the dishwasher," just say, and then you've got 2 hours to play, it didn't work out very well. Right. I would break it up so you can help mommy flow the dishwasher, which they thought was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then you can go play and then, you know, 15, 20 minutes, I would then say, now now we're going to fold the laundry and they would fold the washcloths and, you That's know, the simple real, things, yeah. the simple things like that. And so I just broke it up and as much as possible, I was doing what they were doing. So if they were out in the sandbox, I was out there too, maybe just kind of sitting there or playing with them. And then we did, we just did a lot of stuff together, but we broke up these great big chunks of time that kind of can enable them to get into stuff they shouldn't. Let's go to number four, wifey. Parents who love their children in a sensible way will not permit them to grow up with lazy habits and ignorant of how to do home duties in a sensible way. So we can love our children in an, unsensible, whatever the right word would be, way, I guess. <laughs> insensible. <laughs> insensible way. Um, not let them grow up lazy and not know how to do home duties. You know, when your children fly the nest, is, is a lot of that you start to see what did I pour in and no. what do the fruits look like? Because even at home, you don't always get to see it. But, you know, so Caleb's out there now. And, you know, for your sons off out living on their own in his own little apartment, it can be concerning for a mom particularly. It's like, will he will he eat enough food? I mean, what's he going to eat? Is he going to be Subway and Taco Bell every day? Or what's he going to do? You know, Caleb, bless his heart, I just taught them both the same way in the kitchen. Same responsibilities as they were growing up. And by the time the children were leaving home, I didn't have to go in the kitchen if I didn't want to. In fact, when Caleb left home, he said, I got to buy a Vitamix. <laughs> <laughs> that so was, that he was... bought a Vitamix out of his own money when he left home. I mean, we should have been buying it for well, him. Well, we but... actually did help him out. Oh, we did. That's we right. did. Yeah. We gave yeah. him some toward that as a gift toward, you know, setting him up. But I don't worry. A Vitamix is just a big, powerful blender. Yeah, the best out there. Anyway, I'm not getting into promoting <laughs> Vitamix. But I, didn't, I don't have any worry about, will he know how to cook he you know he showed us all the things he got to set up his new place and all the different kitchen things and I wasn't like a make sure you get a cutting board and a knife and a, all these different things he knew things. what he needed, he knew what he he needed need and so going, going back to the earlier quote is it, it said it will take the mother longer to teach them right. to do it herself and that's in the short term in the but short in term. the long term you won't have to worry about it I mean it, how would a company have employees if they didn't okay this is how you do it now you do it for the next 10, 20 years. I mean, if the boss just tried to do everything himself because he couldn't be bothered to teach people, he would never go anywhere. Right. You know, the company would just stay a little inefficient. Right, thing. and then the thing is, when you start teaching them when they're little, which is kind of what we alluded to before, then by the time your child is 12, 13, in that range there, they are able to go and fix a whole meal 
totally on their own. You can go do something else. And some mothers feel a little deprived, like, well, that's my domain and now they're in it. But they yeah. <laughs> they need it to, to become their domain and you can stand back and go do something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's move on to mm -hmm. number five, uh, encouragement and assistance. Many children, for want of words of encouragement and a little assistance in their efforts, become disheartened and change from one thing to another. And they carry this sad defect with them into mature life. They fail to make a success of anything they engage in for they have not been taught to persevere under discouraging circumstances. This mm -hmm. is so relevant. I can't believe that this was written so long ago. <laughs> See, what, what is happening today is uh, they're trying to do something and it's like, oh, I can't do this. Let me just go and check my phone, see if I've got any emails. You'd be better course, off if you had a phone. Yeah, rather this than is the not book. a phone. This That's is a very, very big phone. This <laughs> a little is like distracting. A, uh, an iPhone 15 or whatever. <laughs> but uh, so we've got to teach them to persevere past those difficulties. And how do we do it? It said here, a little in, some uh, words of encouragement and a little assistance. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like, no, you need to do it. I'm not going to help you. Well, yeah, it's okay to help them just to get them past the hump. Mm -hmm. And you, it's not like you're going to be helping them every single time. Um, right. So, again, beautiful balance there. And, and in help and helping them to stick with it. Yes, that's what it um, is, yeah. You know, when, when we were homeschooling our children, we started sit, having them just sit just for a few minutes each day to learn how to sit when they were probably five. Right. And just so that they learned how rather than people will call me and their child is eight and nine and it's like they can't sit still for five minutes to do school well teach them gradually right give them that encouragement so that when they get older they're able to do those things yes yeah. or it might be you know making some lego fantastic thing and <laughs> the two blocks are stuck together and it's like i can't get this apart well you can just run over there and snap them apart because you're bigger and stronger or you can say well i i think you're a strong kid i think you can do it and you know encouragement yeah. Yeah. That's the encouragement, but the assistance is if they really are trying and they can't, yeah. then you yeah. can assist them. Yeah. Okay, let's do number six, Carolyn. Parents should not allow the love of change to control their children. They should not be so engaged with other things that they will have no time to patiently discipline the developing minds. A few words of encouragement or a little help at the right time may carry them over their trouble and discouragement and the satisfaction they will derive from seeing the task completed will stimulate them to greater exertion. That really is saying what we just it's talked about. It's a mirror, about. but what I was picking out here, a couple of things, I actually put this quote in, not Carolyn, all the rest were hers, this was mine, stimulate them. If, if we teach them to get past their discouragements and we help them pass that and they get to the finish uh -huh. line it stimulates them i did it i did it right. they're proud of themselves in a right, right kind of way and it's like gives them confidence then to try something else gives them I, hope i, I, I could hope yes yeah. um and the other thing that was really important about this quote unfortunately it spread over two sli slides um going part way down there it says they should not be so engaged this is the mother uh, with other things that they will not have time to patiently discipline the developing mind. So discipline, there's that word. But then the next sentence kind of goes on to define discipline a little bit. Mm -hmm. A few words of encouragement or a little help at the right time. That's in context what I was talking about here is discipline. Right, and right. so discipline isn't just spanking them when they do something wrong or, you know, 
pounding on them because they didn't perform right. Discipline is its encouragement, its guidance, its, it's, it's um, pushing them along in the right direction. Uh, I thought that was great. Excellent. Um, okay, I'm reading the next one as well. Let the child and the youth be taught that every mistake, every fault, every difficulty conquered becomes a stepping stone to better and higher mm. things. These quotes are all going in the same it's direction. It's all encouraging yeah, them. It's, it's, it's pointing out the benefits of us teaching our children to work hard and to persevere, which were the chapter titles that we're dealing with. And the benefits of that is they they become stepping stones to greater things well, down the line. They're, they're learning because when children make mistakes, they can feel very disheartened, very down on themselves, lacking in self-worth yeah. and value. So what we're needing to do, and I don't think we were very... I, we weren't perfect at this. We would probably no, we do weren't. it. We, we would do it better if we had our time over. Yeah. But I think now we can see the importance of encouraging them. You know, that didn't turn out so good. That the soup burned or whatever. But you know what? <laughs> Next time, here's what you can do, and encourage them that they can learn from that rather than it's just like any of us learning from our mistakes. Yeah, yeah. And I think what we do naturally. I mean, every parent has what we call a carnal heart, a self, a um, and how it's expressed in a situation like this, the child's you know, making the soup or whatever and you told them make sure you stir the soup and don't have it too high and they didn't listen to you and they had it too high and they didn't stir and it got burned. And we contend in our carnal humanness to just lay into them, Look, I told you, don't do it like that. I mean, now it's burnt and we've wasted the ingredients and the people will be here in a minute. And what does that do to the kids? The kids <laughs> you just need to calm down. <laughs> the kids just kind of caving in. It's like, I'm no good and I don't want to do this again. But if it's handled differently, ah, it's burned. Okay, no worries. I know what we can do. Don't worry. You'll learn for next time and just have it all up. Oh, and, and our children, burned is a big deal because he really is sensitive <laughs> to anything burned. So Hannah and Caleb learned very well how to disguise burned. You know, <laughs> quickly get it. Oh yeah, get it into a different pan, put a little more seasoning in there, whatever we need to do. <laughs> you crafty lot. <laughs> um, okay, number eight. Children of two to four years of age should not be encouraged to think that they must have everything they ask for. Parents should teach them lessons of self-denial and never treat them in such a way as to make them think they are the center and that everything revolves about them. This is interesting. Mm. It's actually, uh, this book, the, the Child Guidance, it very rarely actually specifies ages. Right. And here, it does. And so for us, as we were reading this when our kids were young, oh, two to four years of age. So that we, we know what we're dealing with here. Now, this principle still works yeah, for yeah. older kids. but yeah, yeah. I'm you, younger. <laughs> yeah. And you've probably been in that situation where, you know, the, the two-year-old or the three-year-old is just being so cute. I mean, it's unbelievably <laughs> cute. And, you know, they're doing something and all the adults are kind of sat around. Everything stops whilst they do. the kid is in the centre and the kid's kind of, I mean not knowingly but as a parent looking on you would know really kind of enjoying all this attention and they throw the thing and then somebody brings it back and then the child does something that you probably wouldn't allow later on um but it's kind of cute and funny and the child becomes the center right. of attention 
And here it's talking about help them not to think that they're the center. They're right. just part of the room. They're just part of the family. It doesn't all revolve around them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's not an easy thing because now we don't have little children and now we have friends with little children and we see those and it's so easy to be drawn to those little ones and what they're doing is so cute and all the rest of it and we have to just kind of take a step back and say we don't want to encourage making them the center but to help the parents to encourage them to be put in the, in yes. the rightful position and a part of this i think it said we should teach them lessons of self-denial so this is again it's not all done in a day right it takes a while right and it it taps into what we talked about in the previous program about nothing for which they cry. It says there they they need to be encouraged not to think they can have everything they ask for because right. yes, yeah, some things, whether it's something that's visible and it's there but they shouldn't be having it because it's not theirs or whether it's something that they see in a store but it's not appropriate for them to have. Either way, they can learn that they can be happy when they don't just get everything they want, just yes. like we can as adults. Yeah, that's right. And also, I think an important, it's not said in this quote, but it's kind of springs off of there is if children aren't to be the center, they can't just interrupt anytime they want right, to interrupt. Right. You know, if there's an adult who just feels like they have the right to interrupt any conversation. And at we any all time, know adults who do that. <laughs> then it's a little bit, it's not socially acceptable, it's not polite. But if children, even at two or four years of age, it's like, I don't care, not that children would say this, but I don't care what you're doing, mommy. I need your attention now, you know, right, me. Right. Um, the way, if we can just say, hang on, just wait a second, mommy's talking, and then you go on, it helps them to realize they're not the center. And, it's and not, we it's have not all to about them. teach them. That's the key to a lot of these quotes is the teaching part. Yes. And how to teach a child that would be, okay, so, I asked you not to interrupt and you were quite rude in the way you interrupted. So this is after the fact, obviously. This is this is you may well go away from the conversation you were in with someone, maybe your church or somewhere, and you you're you're dealing with what your child needed and you find out what it was, but if you see that they are just choosing to ignore what you're saying and push past that to interrupt you anyways, you can say, well, what was it you needed? Oh, I wanted whatever. Then sometimes we would say to the children, in order to help you to learn, on this occasion, you're not gonna get what you're asking for. Yeah. Yeah, as a, as, a, as a gentle motivation. To, to realize I can't just interrupt all the time because the more we, we play into that for children, they're just like any human being. They're, they're just gonna go, oh, well I try this and I get what I wanted. Yeah, so yeah. no motivation not to try. Yeah, very good, very good. Okay, we only did nine today because we thought we were gonna run out of time, but we're actually doing quite well for time. <laughs> so uh, number nine, the value and use of money. Whether supplied by their parents or by their own earnings, let boys and girls learn to select and purchase their own clothing their books and other necessities and by keeping an account of their expenses they will learn as they could learn in no other way the value and use of money that is so practical 
and it works. It did. It really works. We did this. We read this. We actually read this when our kids were eight and ten. Yeah. Well, we read it before, but we just you know a lot of these things you just it you takes a time it, to yeah. figure how. But I remember our kids. You know, we're typical family. You know, we, we would end up in Walmart together, and you know the winter was coming on, and you know the children want this and the children want that, and of course we we buy them everything because we're the parents. They don't earn any money at that age, and. Uh, I said to Carolyn, "We got to do something different. We got to." And I think we came across this because we used well, to. Well, we actually came across another quote, and I'm not sure if it's in here now or a different book. But anyway, the quote that talked about giving the child an allowance. Yes. And so we don't. We didn't give the children money for drying dishes. Right. Or for sweeping the floor, or for putting their clothes or their toys away, but there were other things where we would give them money for helping us, you know, maybe do certain chores. Out of the ordinary. Type out of things. the ordinary. But as well as giving them money for out of the ordinary things, we would give them money that we would have spent on them anyway. We well, would give it to them and for them to manage. Right. I was going to get to that. Oh, okay. I was going to say that. So we started off by giving them this little allowance, and it wasn't a whole lot of money each month. Right. And we also got them a little accounting book and. Taught them how to put into that little book their money that they were given, and then what you were saying is so socks. You know how socks are. There's a whole planet somewhere full of dead <laughs> socks, as we would call them, because socks just disappear, don't they? And and we would encourage the children be careful with your socks, because it seems like every time we go through laundry, we lose socks. Yes. So that was one of the first things we said. Okay, you're losing socks. So here's what we're going to do. Part of this allowance, you're going to spend on socks. And so they went to Walmart well, and bought I, themselves a pack of socks each. I, I hesitate to do this because wifey's memory is always so much better than mine. But I remember because I'm the one who handles the finances, and this was ten, fifteen years ago. We gave them twenty dollars a month. Yeah, I don't remember the figure. And then they were to buy their own clothes, not not shoes and coats, big right, things, but、yeah. their little things like socks. They were to buy that and their school supplies out of their own money, and not and, not all the school supplies. Yeah,、either. but I remember one time、um, we we were in Walmart and the children wanted this, that, and the other, and that's what got us thinking. We read a quote like this, and I, we came up with this twenty dollars a month. And then the next time, so now the children are super excited. They're going to Walmart and they didn't have the twenty dollars. I mean, I was still doing it on my credit card and. No, I think we did. We gave them the cash. That's right. And so now they're thinking, "Oh, this is good." And they wanted to buy some gloves. Winter was coming on, and just knitted gloves, you know. And it's like, "Oh, these are five dollars, and these are four dollars." And and then they found a pair two for one ninety nine. And I saw their eyes light up. It's like there was a white pair and a black pair. And Caleb says, "I'll take the black pair." And Hannah was saying, "I'll take the white pair." And, hey, that's <laughs> only a dollar a piece. And they got ignited by the value of money.、Right. If I'd have been paying. And、that would have not well, meant a thing to them. I'll take the five dollar pair and I'll take the eight dollar pair because、well, it didn't mean anything. Right, and I wanted to say that you know what happened with the socks. All of a sudden, socks weren't disappearing anymore because suddenly it cost them six dollars for a ten、yeah. pack of socks, and it's <coughs> like, whoa, they didn't disappear anywhere as quickly. And another aspect of that was so you know, obviously, as you said, shoes and coats and some of those bigger purchases they didn't. But if there was a pair of shoes and a pair of shoes, and they preferred. The more expensive pair, then we would have encouraged them to add a little bit of what they wanted to add in to、yeah. make that happen. So they learned 
early and it was a huge blessing. Yeah, and they still keep accounts today. Right. A different way, they use their Chase app on their phone, but yeah. the principle, the foundation was laid. It started there. Okay, that's all nine quotes from section six. We just wanted to remind you that the home place is on YouTube. Right. Just go to YouTube, it's dead easy, and just type in the home place channel and you'll find us. You'll see this video and all the other videos. Um, if you've enjoyed this video, like it. If you want more videos, just hit the subscribe button. Every time we upload, it will come to you. We're also, if you prefer audio, you can go to uh, on your iPhone or your Android phone. You can go to Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts and you can get it downloaded into your, your phone every week. We put out every Wednesday. Right. And if, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, if this has been a blessing to you and you would really like to see it carrying on, then we'd encourage you to contribute toward this the work that we're doing. Somebody asked just yesterday, oh, so are you, are you able to, you know, earn a living out of your YouTubes? And it's like, right. well, not really. I don't know how it all works, but no. No, we haven't been going long enough to get a kickback mm. from YouTube. Um, that, that will come yeah. down the line. Yeah. But at the moment, we are solely supported by um, contributions yes. online from folks and viewers just like yourselves. Um, anyway, which we really, really appreciate. We really do. We really do. So this was Paul and Carolyn at the home place, and God bless you in your parenting. Until we see you next time.